When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flight Deck, an inside look at the New York Jets. I'm Rich Samini. I cover the Jets for ESPN. It's been a long time. We haven't talked in a few months. A lot's been going on. Training camp is over. Preseason is over. And we are basically at the doorstep of the season opener, September 11th against the Ravens. Uh, for this particular episode, and thank you for, for joining, first of all, and thank you so much for the kind shout outs on social media, people asking when Flight Deck would be back. I really appreciate that. I'm looking forward to this year. We'll have a really good year on Flight Deck uh, with some really cool guests. And that starts with this episode. We have Jets rookie cornerback Sauce Gardner joining us a bit later. But first, I want to get into a roster analysis here. I know this this is a huge part of the season, you know, the cut down day. And right now, uh, as we're taping this, we know what the Jets' initial 53 is. Now, there's, of course, there's always going to be some moving parts, usually at the bottom of the roster. Uh, and we uh, will certainly update if something happens of significance. But what we know right now, uh, this is what I'm going to get into and dive into here. I'm going to go through the positions, give you my take, what I like, what I don't like about each position, the way it stacks up. And, of course, we'll start with the quarterback, Zach Wilson, is uh, still not practicing as of Wednesday, and uh, the team won't say when he will be practicing, which I find kind of odd. They say he has to be cleared first and he has to feel good. Um, the calendar is is telling the story here. There's, it just seems to me that there's very little chance he will be the opening day starter, although Robert Sala has refused to acknowledge that. He has not made a formal announcement uh, personally, I think it's probably going to take three weeks of practice for him to get up to speed, you know, a couple of light weeks, maybe with the scout team, and then one, you know, hard week of practice as the starter. So I don't think he's going to make it by the time they play Baltimore. So I suspect Joe Flacco will be the quarterback. Now, Flacco had a good uh, training camp. I watched every snap. He had a good camp, but we saw what happened in the game. You know, he had a bad game against the Giants. And certainly rust factored into that. But it, the guy, you know, he is what he is at this career. I think he's a very calming influence. He's a smart quarterback. He's not going to make the, the wrong reads, but he's limited. He's limited in his mobility, what the Jets can do. And that's usually not a good recipe when you're going behind an offensive line that hasn't played together. So that's a bit of a concern. But, you know, I suspect Flacco will start. Mike White will be the backup in the opener. Uh, a lot of folks wanted the Jets to keep Chris Strebler, who had like a legendary preseason. Uh, Robert Sala called it the best preseason ever. Uh, it was great. I'm not taking anything away from Strebler, but there was really no chance that he was going to make this team. Maybe a practice squad, but the Jets were pretty locked into their three quarterbacks. Uh, a great story, and he made some great memories. And, you know, maybe he can, you know, land on someone's practice squad. Now let's talk running back. I think obviously, you know, Brees Hall and Michael Carter 
are the top two guys. Neither one did much in the preseason. The Jets did not run the ball very effectively. Brees Hall, I expect big things out of him. I am getting some really strong... I mean, the people in the organization are are just gushing about this guy. I mean, they think he could be one of the best players on the team already, just in terms of pure talent. Now, he only played 29 snaps on offense in the preseason, did not see a lot. To me, one of the interesting things at running back is going to be who's the third down back. I know that has some fantasy implications. Uh, Out of his 29 plays, Brees Hall had 11 on third down in the preseason. Michael Carter had uh, 22 plays total, but only four on third down. So it would seem to indicate that they could be leaning towards Brees Hall. I I think they also consider Ty Johnson a possibility as a third down back. Um, I I still can't get out of my head that three passes he dropped in that one game last year. So it's hard to erase that from my memory. I don't think he's a great pass protector either. I think that could be a bit of an issue. And they really don't have a pure short yardage back either. Hall's their biggest guy. But, um, you know, he can't do everything, you know, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. Uh, they kept Zonovan Knight, the rookie free agent, who had a nice camp. Let's talk about the receivers. I think it's pretty cut and dry here. You're going to have a four-man rotation with Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios, and Garrett Wilson. I think you'll see Berrios in the slot most of the time, but you'll see others rotating through there like Elijah Moore. And, um, you know, four-man rotation. Now, they'll probably dress five for game day. I think Jeff Smith will make it as a special teams guy. And our old friend Denzel Mims, who, as you know, requested a trade. And as of Wednesday, still has not been traded. I think he's going to be the sixth man in a six-man receiver group, which means I do not expect him to dress. He's going to be a healthy scratch, barring injuries. I think the Jets did get some calls on him, but nothing serious in terms of trades, they were never going to cut him. I mean, you don't cut a second-round pick two years later. And it, he ended the preseason with a good game, albeit against second and third stringers. There was no way Joe Douglas was going to cut this guy. They kept him. They'll try to develop him. I just think Sala and Lafleur have a thing for, for Mims. They don't trust him. So it's going to be a year of a lot of healthy scratches for Denzel Mims. At tight end, I was surprised they kept four. Well, let me I'm surprised the fourth is is uh, Lawrence Cager and not Trevon Wesco. They don't keep Wesco. They don't keep uh, Bodden, Nick Bodden, the fullback. So they really don't have like a fullback tight end hybrid. And so I think that hurts them a little bit in the running game. Lawrence Cager is a former wide receiver. He doesn't block right now. He has some upside as a receiver. But, um, you know, I, I don't think he'll be dressing on opening day. I think they'll probably go with Uzama, Conklin, and Ruckert. And um, very, very uh, interesting tight end mix there. I probably would have kept Wesco, but they opt to keep Cager because of his long-term potential. Now let's talk about the offensive line. Obviously, the big story in training camp was Makai Becton going down with a season-ending injury. Uh, The Jets got burned there. You know, Joe Douglas gambled on Becton being able to stay healthy. It backfired. I think he was a ticking time bomb because of that injury last year. And, you know, they moved him to right tackle. I talked to someone who knows Makai. They said he wasn't even happy about moving to right tackle. Now, of course, he didn't say that publicly, but he wasn't happy about that move. And uh, sure enough, he gets hurt there. And so they bring in Dwayne Brown, which looks like a fine move. I mean, Dwayne Brown needs no introduction. But this starting group has not really played much together. Only 21 snaps against the Giants, and they were not 21 good snaps, as you can see from watching on TV. It was a pretty rough go for the offensive line. I expect some severe 
early season growing pains as this group gets to know each other. Now, Chima Adoga gets cut. Uh, not really a surprise. They tried to trade him. I think it says a lot that you can't trade a former third-round offensive tackle who's actually started you know, a bunch of games. The fact that they couldn't trade him and get anything for him tells you what the league thinks of Chuma Adoga. Uh, there is some depth issues on the line, especially at tackle. I mean, Max Mitchell, the rookie, uh, could be pressed into some duty if someone gets hurt. Now, George Fant, uh, I think he's still laboring with that surgically repaired knee. He's been on a pitch count this summer. I've watched him closely. It seems to be limping at times. I would keep an eye on that at George Fant at right tackle. So that's the offense. I think this is going to be a good offense in time when they get Wilson back and he gets a chance to uh, get his feet under him. I think they, But I think this offense is going to struggle early in the year, especially the first four games. Now let's talk about the defense. Uh, the defensive line is incredibly deep. They have 11 guys on the roster as of Wednesday. And, you know, I think there's some moving parts there. Vinnie Curry could end up on short-term IR. To me, the fascinating, well, two things here on the defensive line. I think they're really missing Foley Fadikasi, uh, the, the second defensive tackle. I mean, Solomon Thomas, really not great against the run. They'll probably start Nathan Shepard in their base package. Uh, he's been a career backup, so that's not a great situation there. They are very deep at defensive end. In fact, and I know you're not going to want to hear this, but I'm, I'm bringing this up. I mean, Jermaine Johnson, their first-round pick, their third first-round pick, he might have a hard time getting on the field on Sunday. I mean, let's look at their defensive ends. Lawson, JFM, Jacob Martin, and Bryce Huff are clearly the top four defensive ends. If you go to five, it's either going to be Jermaine Johnson or Michael Clemens, who quite frankly outplayed Jermaine Johnson in the preseason games. I think everyone would agree with that. But uh, are you going to carry five defensive ends on Sunday to the game? That's interesting. That's a really, really interesting decision, and it would certainly not be a good look if Jermaine Johnson is not dressing on opening day. Um, he's not one of the top four defensive ends. Uh, they could they could dress five, you know, and end up going to the game with nine defensive linemen total. But that means you have to go shy at another position. Very interesting situation there to watch as we get closer to opening day. It's a good defensive line. They don't have any stars, any true stars, but they have some good players here. And I think with a rotation, it could be, they have to be the tone setters on defense. They absolutely do. The linebacking core it is okay. I mean, I think C.J. Mosley's fine in the middle. You got Quincy Williams, and I thought Quan Alexander was a really good pickup, basically a minimum salary guy. He's going to bring a certain energy to the defense. That's really good. Jamie and Sherwood's the backup. A uh, little bit thin there at linebacker. Got to hope they stay healthy. Now, interesting situation in the secondary. Last year's starters are this year's backups, which I guess is good, right? It shows you that they've improved the position at corner. The starters are DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. Of course, Michael Carter in the slot. Last year's starters, Brandon Eccles and, his, uh, and uh, Bryce Hall, are backups now. So I guess that's good to have two experienced backups. A little thin, though. They only have five corners, and I'm not counting Justin Hardy because he's basically a special teamer. Only five corners, and DJ Reed basically has been hurt on and off since he signed. I mean, missed a lot of OTAs, missed a lot of training camps, had some hamstrings, some knee issues. I think he'll be okay for opening day, but um, 
I think you got to have depth could be an issue there at corner for sure. Sauce Gardner really wasn't even tested in the preseason. I don't think he was targeted once. Same thing in practice, was not targeted a lot. I think it was more happenstance than anything in the preseason because teams aren't game planning, so I don't think there was a conscious effort to stay away from Sauce Gardner. Uh, He will get tested immediately. The Ravens will go after him as they should. You're supposed to attack rookies, and it'll be up to him to see if he can hold his own. He's a very, very confident young man, and, and I'm looking forward to talking to him coming up shortly. At safety, I mean, I was surprised by the Jason Pinnock move. They cut Pinnock, a fifth-round pick from a year ago. I thought he was developing at safety. Obviously, the team did not feel the same way. I think there's a good chance he's back on the practice squad, but that one surprised me. Um, And also, you know, they're going to go with LaMarcus Joyner and Jordan Whitehead. I think Whitehead will add something to this defense. Joyner basically hasn't played in two years, missed some time this summer with an injury. So that's a little bit concerning to me. Um, uh, without great safety depth. Uh, Ashton Davis, I don't know how he made the team. Well, let me let me change that. He made the team because he was a third-round pick in 2020, and they didn't want to cut bait. He's a really good athlete. I, I don't think he has football instincts. He's not a good tackler, but Joe Douglas wants to work with him and try to develop the player. And they also kept Tony Adams. Uh, another surprise cut was Javelin Guidry, uh, their backup slot. But from what I understand there, I think they're really concerned about their size at nickel and safety, so Gidry, obviously a smaller player. They're trying to get some more size back there, which is probably a smart thing to do. Although I liked Gidry, I know the coaches liked him as well. So it's a better secondary than last year, no doubt, with Gardner, Reed, and Whitehead head and shoulders above last year's secondary. Just some concerns about the depth. The kicking game, you know about Zerline, Mann, and Braden Mann, by the way, he's been, he's been average at best. He's got to improve. I mean, uh, the scholarship's over. You know, I think he's been a, just an okay punter, but he got the job without any competition this year. And, of course, they'll use Berrios as a kick, as their punt returner, and I suspect, I don't know, the kick returner could be Berrios. I mean, they cut Tevin Coleman, so uh, Berrios could be do- wearing a lot of different hats. That job is probably still open. So there you have the roster. Um, you know, like I said, a better roster than last year without question. A little older than last year, definitely. I think they're averaging 26.1 per player this year. Average age, last year was 25.1 after the final cut. So it's an older roster, probably because of Flacco and um, Dwayne Brown, both 37, adding to that age. But it's a little bit of a more mature team. I think it's a team that has no excuses not to win more games this year. But we're going to dive into that a little bit more next week as we focus on the Ravens. This was the roster breakdown. Hope you enjoyed it. And now we're going to come up with our Sauce Gardner interview right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks so much for Sauce for taking the time to speak with us on flight deck. Now I understand you have a uh, deal with Buffalo Wild Wings and you have your own sauce, which seems only fitting. Congratulations on that. Can you describe 
the sauce like what what kind of sauce is it actually it's a smoky sweet and spicy barbecue sauce you know i love barbecue you know i feel like it was perfect you know to have a little spice to it you know it's perfect like i just you're probably the only nfl player who's going to have his own sauce which i find pretty amazing so what first of all for those who don't know the background could you share with our listeners how you got the nickname sauce okay so when i was younger and used to play little league football i was about six years old you know i used to be a elusive running back you know and it was just one particular play there was a guy in front of me i had juked him and there was a guy chasing me from behind and when i juked them the guy they ran into each other you know after that after the game, my coach told me your name is A1 Sauce Sweet Feet Gardner. But and then, then they like, obviously, obviously just shortened it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it would probably been a little childish, you know, having somebody getting older and older and still calling that long old nickname. You know? That is so cool. And so as a kid growing up in Detroit, obviously you're never imagining that someday you're going to have your own sauce, correct? <laughs> I mean, not at all, man. Especially. Honestly, you know, I always, I always had faith that I was gonna make it in football. But mm-hmm. you know, being in Detroit, not have not not having a lot of stuff, I couldn't be thinking all type of stuff like I'm gonna have my own sauce. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. It was just football. You know, and that, as I got to getting older and older, especially in college, I'm like, man, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my own sauce one day, man. Uh, I'm just blessed for Buffalo Wild Wings to be able to be the, the place that I have the sauce. And of course, it's called Sauce Sauce, which is, you know, entirely fitting. Now, let me ask you this. Before this sauce came out, what would be like two or three or your all-time favorite styles of sauce? Like what was the, give me like the top three sauce, Gardner sauces. It was always, it was always Buffalo Wild Wings sauces. So mm-hmm. anytime I wanted anything with sauce, I would, I would go there. I would get that honey barbecue. At first, it used to be honey barbecue. And then I switched to sweet barbecue. You know, those are the main two. I don't know the I don't know a third one, but I know those used to be the main ones. If I wasn't having their um their wings, I was always having their street tacos. So I used to always be at Buffalo Wild Wings, especially in high school. Uh now let me let, let's talk some football here. Let's, you know, we got a, a huge season coming up for the Jets, you know, uh your rookie year, of course, you know, number four pick in the draft and all that good stuff. How do you see your rookie year playing out? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be different than mo- how most rookie seasons are. You know, um, people always talk about this rookie wall, things like that. You know, I take football real serious, but at the same time, I have fun with it. And I feel like that's why I'm able to be so successful. You know, when I'm on the field, I'm smiling, I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, and that just make everything come naturally. Everything comes natural, you know. So I don't think I'm going to run into a, a quote-unquote rookie wall. I think I'll just be able to go out there and dominate whoever lines up in front of me. Well, that's pretty confident going in, huh? That's a lot of confidence. Most definitely. Now, Robert Sala said recently, he said, and I think he meant this in, in an affectionate way. He said, I've never heard a rookie talk so much on the field. And he said the only guy he could think of that comes close was Jalen Ramsey because, you know, Sala was with the Jaguars when Ramsey was a rookie. Uh how do you feel when your coach says that? Um, I feel like it's it's true. You know, he's just being honest. Mm-hmm. You know, Jalen, he's a great player. He's a great guy. As my guy, you know, uh, we chop it up 
every now and then, you know. And I see myself in him a little bit. We got a lot of um, a lot of the same tendencies, you know, on and off the field. You know, the way we carry ourselves, the way we talk a little bit of trash on the field, you know. Yeah. A little bit never hurts, right? <laughs> but where did that come from? You always do it, doing that even before you got to Cincinnati. Does it go back to high school? Where where did that whole vocal aspect come from? I mean, I, I always used to talk trash when I was young. You know, I always just say I was the best. You know, but as I got to getting older, it got to really hit me. Like so many people doubted you and said you weren't gonna be here where you at now. So, you know, let the world know. You know, let whoever you're going against know it's nothing personal. You know, at the end of the day, if I'm talking trash to somebody, it's going to make them do as best as they can. So, you know, it's going to bring the best out of both of us. Now, even though you do like to have fun on the field, that much is obvious. Your teammates and coaches describe you as a very cerebral player, like a student of the game. And I know when they drafted you, you talked about how, you you know, you've studied Darrell Revis. What would you take away from studying a guy like Revis? And what other corners have you studied, um, you know, during your development? Darrell, he, he used to be just so physical. You know, he wasn't even the biggest guy. He was so physical, so smart. He knew what was coming. He believed in his preparation. You know, so those are the main things. I, I got a chance to meet him. You know, when I first had came to the Jets, you know, I got a chance to meet him. You know, he's a great guy. You know, some other guys I studied, like Jalen. I used to study him. I, I always watched him when I was in college. You know, I always watched him before the games. He was very physical. You know, he got a lot of length just like me. So, you know, that was probably the closest um, person who I used to watch, Jalen, for sure. I, I've heard players describe Darrell's press man technique as like flawless, like a flawless technique that the receivers, even if they could get off the line of scrimmage, they would get rerouted and would throw them off their route. I mean, is that what you took away from watching tapes of him? No, exactly. Because, like, as a cornerback, it starts at the line of scrimmage. If you oh. win at the line of scrimmage, you're going to win the majority of the reps. You know, so he always made sure he won at the line of scrimmage, and that just made everything easier. Say if he won at the line of scrimmage and got beat a little bit, you know, that would still mess up the timing between the quarterback and the receiver. So it will still be a plus on his book because the pass won't be completed. No. Now, now I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you know, you actually played wide receiver early in your high school career, correct? So, like up until your sophomore year, I think they switched you to corner. So, really, you've only played what, like five years of cornerback? So, is that about five, maybe six years? Uh, so you're you're somewhat new to the position. Like, what's yeah. what's your ups? What's your ceiling once you? get more seasoned and get some years under your belt? I don't know. The sky's the limit. You know, I don't think I got a ceiling. You know, ain't no such thing as a ceiling. You know, you pray to God, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, but a lot of things I, I just know when they're coming. Because like you said, I used to play receiver. So it's basically backwards. I'm at cornerback and I'm like, all right, when I play receiver, you know, if I lined up with this split, these are the amount of routes that I can run. These are the routes that I can run. So as the cornerback, I'm like, Okay, he got this split. He can only run this, 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 and that. So let me let me play those routes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you're able to carry over what you learned on the other side of the ball to cornerback. Exactly. Now, you know, as being the rookie out there, they're going to come after you. I mean, like these quarterbacks are so good in the NFL and the receivers are so good. They're, they're coming. Like, what's your what's your mentality for that? 
And I'm just looking forward to it. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm looking forward to it. I now, heard that, we, I heard that my whole life. I heard that since I got in college, my freshman year, that you know they're going to they gonna, they gonna come at you. I'm, I, I'll be waiting. And I know what happened in your first game as a freshman. I think it was against UCF, right? They came after you, and you you sat on that route, and you picked it off, and you took it to the house. Exactly. I'll be waiting. Hey, I'll be waiting. Are you impressed that I knew that? I actually studied the film of that play. I saw you. I, I think that you kind of became a starter after that, right? Yeah, that's nice right there. That's nice. Yeah. No, okay. You got you to gotta face Lamar Jackson in week one. That is a that is a really really good quarterback. What's it going to be like facing Lamar Jackson? I'm looking forward to that as well. But now, nah, in all seriousness, he's a great player. You know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now I feel like he don't get the recognition he deserves. You know, he's elusive. You know, he can run the ball. He can pass the ball. You know, he's very smart. He wanted me to be a Raven. You know, during the draft process. You know, I remember he had made a tweet telling me to. You know, come join the Ravens. But yeah, he's a he's a great player. I'm looking forward to that as well. Reg, you and Lamar, you, you and Lamar could be head to head open field. He's coming right at you. You know, if he's out on the perimeter, how's that gonna go? You just have to wait. You just have to wait till the game goes. You'll see how it's gonna go. All right, cool. Well, Sauce, I really appreciate it. Thank you and congratulations on your endorsement. That sounds like a, a really cool thing. I'm going to have to go out and get some of that sauce sauce. You got to. I appreciate that. We haven't talked in so long that I want to catch you up on some stuff that's been going on recently around the Jets. And I think one of the best stories or maybe the best story of the summer was Joe Klecko being named a senior finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, one of three senior finalists. And I'll explain briefly what that means. He is not in the Hall of Fame yet, but it's almost a formality at this point. So what happens is uh, those three senior finalists, uh, they are voted on by the full committee, which is 49 voters, and that will take place in late January. And based on the history of the way this works, he's got a 99.9% chance of being approved. He needs 80% of the votes of the 49 voting members. And then Joe Klecko, at last, will rightfully be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that would be, of course, next August. He would be introduced at, uh, at Canton. And there's a really good chance that Darrell Rivas could be there, too. Now, Rivas is a first-year candidate on the modern ballot. That's different from Klecko. He was on the senior ballot. Rebus would be on the modern ballot. And, you know, just from talking to some committee members very informally, certainly not a scientific survey, I get the really good impression that Rebus has a chance to make it the first time. Uh, certainly one of the best cornerbacks we've seen in the last couple of decades around the NFL. The You know, a seven-time pro bowler, a four-time all-pro, a Super Bowl champion with the Patriots. I know you don't want to hear that, Jet fans, but it's it's a fact. And so I think the only thing that could prevent Rebus from getting in the Hall of Fame is the fact that, you know, he didn't have that many dominant seasons. I'd say, you know, four or five for sure, possibly six. Some voters might look at that with a uh, discriminating eye. I, I personally think he should be in the Hall of Fame. It, you know, if you think he's in, it shouldn't matter if it's the first year, second year, or third year, just vote him in. 
And he's certainly one of the best corners that we've seen in quite some time. So if Revis gets in and Klecko gets in, as we all expect, it could be a really, really big day in Canton next summer for the Jets. And from what I've been told, I think there's a chance the Jets could be in the Hall of Fame game playing that preseason opener. Uh, it'll be a total blowout Jets weekend in Canton, which would be kind of cool. So looking forward, hopefully getting Joe Klecko on the podcast in the coming weeks to talk about it. I know he's pretty pumped up, and I know Jet fans are too. So I'm looking forward to the season. This is my 34th year uh, as the full-time Jet beat writer, first for Newsday, then the Daily News, and now, of course, for ESPN. Counted it up the other day. I think this is my 12th head coach that I've covered, not counting Bill Belichick, who was a coach for about a day, so let's say 12 and a half coaches. Uh, Looking forward to this season. Hopefully the Jets keep things interesting. They've had a rough time in September the last few years. Maybe they can reverse that trend, but uh, there's always hope. Hope springs eternal even for teams that aren't predicted to do much. So we'll see how it goes. And we're going to be back next week really diving into the Jets-Ravens matchup. want to thank my producer, Jeff Scopin. He's always there for me. I really appreciate it. You can pick up Flight Deck on the ESPN New York app, which is awesome. You definitely have to download that app. It's so easy to do. Even I could do it. And I'm not a techno whiz for sure. And also you can get it on Spotify and Apple and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will talk to you next week on Flight Deck. Flight Deck.